Hello, and welcome to What a Jazz Podcast. I am your host, Elza Vishnevskita. In this podcast, I chat with my friends, colleagues, and beautiful people from our local and international Lindy Hop community. Today, I sit down to talk with a scene leader, dancer, and just an overall amazing human being, Pavlina Grambiri Kortsova. She comes from Brno, Czech Republic. She is the owner of Swing Wings Studio, and we talk about running a local dance studio, having a community, and what does it mean to make one. Uh, we also chat about traveling internationally versus locally, and many other things. So without further ado, Pavlina. How are you doing? Uh, I am... I am good. <laughs> as good as it can be. Yeah. I, I'm not having the best start of the new year, uh, but I, th- I can see some progress now at the end of January. How about you? I think similar. It's ups mm. and downs. Uh, I recently saw this um, thing written and it was a Corona Coaster. And uh, the description for Corona Coaster means when one day you're having the best day, you're making homemade bread or some amazing dishes and, you know, going for walks. And the next day you're like, oh, I cannot do this anymore. This is too much. So, you know, the ups and the downs. So I think I'm, I'm constantly on that Corona Coaster. <laughs> oh, I can feel you completely. <laughs> I imagine having a kid in the house. Does that make it a bit more complicated? Um, it's, I think it can get, it, it can make it more complicated, but it can be also comforting, you know, because yeah. uh, there is no excuses when it comes to a kid. You have to get up from the bed and you have to prepare meals and you just have to be functioning. So even if everything else doesn't work, uh you you need to take care of the kids so i think that's kind of yeah nice about this yeah uh but yeah of course um you know the limited social um contact uh, is not good for the kids either so yeah it's, it's, it's a little bit sad but otherwise yeah i think it's nice and there is a second kid on the way i don't know if you know it <laughs> I think I know from the video, but I was like, oh my God, is that true? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. so it's getting a little bit heavier as well. I was like, (laughs) (laughs) otherwise, otherwise this part of life is is nice. Congratulations. Thank you. Um, I wanted to ask about the studio because, well, first of all, Swing Wings is uh, one of... uh, my role model studios in Europe or maybe in the world for swing dance studios. And uh, just since we've met, since I've seen the school for the first times and uh, we opened What a Jazz, I've been always looking up to what you guys are doing and events you're organizing. And I think I wrote you a few times uh, for ideas and suggestions because it just it's- always looked amazing. <laughs> This is so funny because we feel the same about what a jazz, about animal jazz, about, you know, Ghent community. And they always say, oh, we feel like that about you. It's like a <laughs> network of studios constantly yeah. communicating ideas. And, and yeah, this, this is really nice. Yeah. And uh, I think this year you had big changes, right? You had to change mm. studios. Yes. So now... Um, like right now, oof, else I would love to uh, sound like a heroine, you know, <laughs> who keeps being this super demotivated in these times. But now, right now, I feel more like an imposter. Like we are in kind of a a dead point because um, 
I haven't seen the team for five months. Like the lockdowns are more or less strict, but it's constantly here. So uh, we kind of like managed to froze most of our communities. We found a new studio, like a, we became a part of a new project and we wanted to keep both. Uh, do kind of like more variable activities, but in the end we have to let the old one go. And um, yeah, we had to let like most of the employees like put it in the minimum and just like minimize all the costs. And right now we are kind of uh, uh, in a frozen mode. We call it Captain America time. <laughs> Captain America time. <laughs> Why? Why Captain America? Because, because he was frozen for a long time and then he, you know, woke up as a superhero. <laughs> so then we, 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 we will wake up to the Avengers time. Like, I, I'm sure, I'm sure the project will survive. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but somehow, I don't know how it is with what it just, maybe you can share, but uh, the Zoom classes and the online classes is not working so so well like i cannot say we we managed to you know um do similar amount of activities online as we did offline it's it's kind of like very small percentage yeah i think it's tricky in general for all the classes i don't really know how a lot of other studios are doing but even individual dancers who are offering online classes I think people are just tired of Zoom and uh, there's quite a lot of things happening, not only dance. There's so many seminars, workshops you can take that I think is just oversaturated. And I can, and I completely understand that because I spend now most of my day in front of computer. And by the end of the day, I don't even want to watch Netflix because I'm like, I just don't <laughs> want to see the screen anymore, you know? <laughs> So I think yeah, it's I this tiredness is kicking in and it's for us is kind of similar. But the the only advantage is that we do not have a space anymore. So we closed it just before kind of in the, in the beginning of the first lockdown because we're like, okay, we, we cannot have it anymore and we, we had to move. So at least not having to worry about space and, you know, people being employed that that made it easier so we're just having a few classes to keep things running you know but mm -hmm. not not much more than that but yeah and i'm not really sure we don't really have any plans for future like it's very short term you know goals right now just like okay next week and then week after and then we'll see yeah exactly and and like swing wings always had uh, the the strongest value in the community and even the community, you know, gets tired from Zoom. It's really hard to keep this community vibe when you cannot meet. It's just, it doesn't make any sense, you know? Yeah. But um, since the September or beginning of October, that we are completely closed. Uh, we had one a quite nice project for Christmas because Christmas party was always like our party was, you know, the highlight. Uh, so we organized uh, um, a forest uh, hike oh, nice. and uh, we, hit, we hit like a little tasks and uh, little games on the way and we split the people in a little social bubbles. In that time it was possible to go in group of 12 so it, it was kind of big groups in the end. And it took the whole day and <laughs> there was, you know, a 12 groups of 12 people walking around the forest, maybe seeing each other from the far, you know, waving and then completing little tasks, finding little gifts in the forest and so on. And this was really nice. This was like a, a community vibe. Even if we couldn't be together, everyone, we were, you know, we knew that the forest is full of swimming people. <laughs> Amazing. And it was outside and uh, it was very sweet. And then in the and in the evening, we had a Zoom party and I think uh, it turned out to be quite fun. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, little, little things like that, right? Just mm. something to, to see the other people. We had a, what a jazz festival. You know, with some local people, not only for the community, but even then, even if it's through Zoom, 
seeing people dance in those little squares and, you know, they write some things on a chat, like it still feels good because it's the only thing that you can have right now. So yes. for me, it still feels better than not having that at all, you know. Mm -hmm. But uh, how how is that transition in general? Like the whole, you know, you're like leading the school and dancing the thing and then suddenly, you know, with the pandemic, how have you been dealing with this? Um, I think it, it was quite a surprise. Like it was, you know, it was bubbling under the surface. We knew that something probably not good is going to happen. And then suddenly it happened. And we, as swimmers, we were quite stable. So we spent a lot of time waiting of how things will, you know, uh, how things will go. So in spring, we were kind of in a waiting mode, you know, compared to, for example, Animal Jazz in Madrid, they didn't have that much savings because they, you know, a new studio, new concept. So they kept going immediately. And then when it happened for the second time in September, we were like, guys, we cannot be just waiting anymore, you know. So we organized uh, a meeting with them and we asked them for advice. And they were super nice, you know, sharing. Um, like, it's it's great that the studios were sharing with each other. And uh, we at least managed to finish all our open uh, courses online on Zoom. And... Uh, Otherwise, we try to focus more on little online community activities like talks. We do it until now every Wednesday on a certain topic. And uh, we were also very lucky because we had a swing house. I don't know if you heard about this project, <laughs> but our musicians, they happened to live in one flat or a group of musicians. So they started uh, regularly streaming um, concerts. And uh, it was like every, I think in spring they did it almost every day. And we were, all of us, we were there always, you know, and we were like, so this was really strong. This was really nice. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Having some kind of a live music online was very helpful. Yeah. I, um, I saw a couple of the lives from the swing house, but you know, it's funny because every time people saw that, the first reaction was like, how dare they meet up all together? Oh, they're living in the same place. Okay. Okay. That's fine. I'm going to listen. Then. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Yes. Uh, and, you know, it was also very honest because they did it every day. So some days were awesome, like music wise. Some days were just what the weird stuff they're doing right now, you know, <laughs> because they were all you know they were just throwing ideas and they were sometimes they were jamming sometimes they had something prepared but it was really it was like a reality show yeah that's what it was right. <laughs> totally. I don't know how you had it if you were like in lockdown completely from the spring or if you had a summer off from yeah this. we had also summer off it felt like summer holidays in that way very very lucky we we danced outside every every week socials full of people and then uh, we had also our summer camp so it did feel like a big relief and mm -hmm. uh, I don't know how was it in swing weeks but for us we really noticed that so many people came back into the socials during the summer people that I haven't seen for two three years they came back to dance uh, and it was just having one of the most amazing social dances that I had at you know in general since I started dancing just because it really sincerely felt like a party and you didn't care about anything else. Everyone was so happy they can do it and just, you know, like kind of hug people. And it was, it was a little miracle, but also I think I, I felt it in myself that I started valuing the dancing a little bit more or let's say not taking it for granted because, you know, having the studio and traveling and all of these things, it becomes such a, everyday thing you you don't question you know sometimes you're like ah oh, maybe it's too much I don't know like I feel tired from dancing they're like you know ups and downs too but then when it was taken away and then summer comes and I just really really wanted to dance and wanted to see people and wanted to see like the community there 
And I think other other dancers felt kind of similar, even the ones that maybe left the scene for a little bit, you know, found new hobbies or maybe felt a bit burnt out because that's also a thing after I think you dance maybe, you know, two, three years, you're like, okay, I don't know what, what's next. But all mm-hmm. of that was kind of really different in, in summer and uh, was a, it was a good moment to see, you know, I think that gave us a push to hope for that uh, Captain America and freezing in the future. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it was also very dynamic, you know, because it, we had this experience of the spring quarantine. Uh, we also had completely uh, like new dynamics in the topics of um, Black Lives Matter, you know, like, like a lot of so during our summer camps, there were many interesting discussions, interesting um, uh, topics, talks, new ideas, new visions, new plans. And then the transition to the new studio, you know, we were really hyped. And then suddenly, bam, (laughs) the second round. Uh, I just hope we will be able to come back to this hype you know, when it's all gone. And also it would be so wonderful if we could just, you know, solve it from day to day and then have have a huge celebration party. Sometimes <laughs> I try to imagine like what would be the vibe of the party if suddenly all the swing dancers could just, you know, could just come together and have, oof, can you imagine seeing live big band <laughs> and being there with other people? I'm I like, mean, I want to be there. <laughs> Oh, wow. I like a little confession. Uh, our son, he is obsessed with music. I don't know, maybe I was going out too much when I was pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he really loves it. And uh, we played to him a video of a big band. I think it was a Duke Ellington. I don't know which concert it was. And it was after a long time that I saw an image of a live big band and I started to cry. I'm serious. So I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna show you a big band look. This is how it looks like. And then I just I just started to cry. And uh because I really, really miss live music. Yes. Yeah, I feel I you feel. so much. But mm-hmm. I I I do feel like maybe it's not gonna be one party straight away, but no. uh <laughs> the the parties are gonna come back in some form or shape. And you know, like, I don't know if, like, I've recently heard this comparison with the, the 1918 flu and how the Roaring Twenties started kind of straight after that. So I do imagine, you know, this ending slowly and us having this period of celebration within the community and probably worldwide, you know, of people just not caring and just trying to, you know, take it all in and dance and hug and <laughs> I don't know <laughs> it sounds too too good to be true but I, I just like that thought keeps me going yeah it, we will come to the, the point for sure one yeah. day. <laughs> coming a little bit more back I think you mm-hmm. are one of the only pro dancers who also is as invested into like local community um from what I know and uh, wh- how how was that choice uh, made and uh, how is your relationship between you know traveling internationally and teaching the dance versus having a local community and spending your time mm-hmm. it's a good question because now I uh, I'm thinking what was a first and uh, of course the the having a local community was my big dream because international event was not the first time I saw Lindy Hop of course I had Czech teachers wonderful people but um, there was very little going on here in Czech Republic so I was traveling and I saw the international scene and I was blown away Uh, and my dream was you know to have this at home so the the dream was clear it's like I want a scene at home that is similar to what I'm seeing uh, when traveling and uh, I was lucky enough to uh, find another more enthusiastic people <laughs> it was five of us and uh, we 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 started 
um, our own school. And uh, yeah, I think it ha- it was happening quite quite fast is because the vibe that we it was in our vision was very um i don't know people just liked it and they started to join and then slowly um I, yeah this slowly we started to get offers from peter uh, with peter to travel a li- little little bit internationally but i always knew that the local community is a big value for me and then there is uh, a limit for international dancing for me. And the limit was maximum twice a month in some, you know. And yeah. I have a huge respect for people who travel every week. Uh, but even trying it twice a month is like, it was a lot. I think once a month for me was the nicest. Yeah. Uh, How did you... How did you come to set that limit? What are, what were you taking in consideration, like tiredness or any other parts of, you know, traveling to festivals? Yeah, sure. It was to be present at the home, like in the home community. There was one thing to consider, and another one was the reason why I want to travel. Uh, you know, because I I was never pressured to have it as a main job because uh, Swing Wings was starting to give me some security and I didn't really uh, need it to uh, travel internationally to survive. So I could choose and having this choice, I think is pretty, um, you know, powerful uh, because then you can really like think about your other motivations. And then my main motivations were for traveling was meeting the people and seeing the places. So I preferred going once a month and then maybe stay two or three days longer. I was prolonging my trips quite often when I was uh, traveling for teaching. And um, I also, uh, you know, looked or ask about the lineup a little bit is there you know people I want to see then maybe I would prefer this event and and just yeah this was uh things that I yeah there was on the list and uh it was it felt really nice to be able to choose yeah if they yeah and um and it brought so much good <laughs> like uh for example when we were invited to come to Madrid I to Peter that I want to go there earlier I came three days earlier and I just uh asked the team if I can volunteer so I, you know I was uh, trying to help out with putting some lights on or together and and so I made friends with the Madrid community and I found um I met Carlas Tinus like that and for now we are one of the best friends you know so I, I met some really important people for me uh and i think there was that was the most fulfilling thing because yeah. if your main motivation is dancing and you want to be a full-time dancer maybe you travel uh very often because you need the job to be able to just dance and not do anything else but my job my main job was all swing wings for a long time so yes this will for me it was like an extra magic <laughs> Yeah, I I think I felt similarly, but I pushed it a bit further. And I think I I would travel more sometimes than what I could take. Uh, also having the studio and, um, you know, having to, to do things there or even teach classes locally. Yeah, traveling more than two weekends and trying to keep that, it, it gets really, really hard because you just feel like you're you're not having any break in between of those. Um, but yeah, also, it's hard to say no. It's hard because it's all the organizers very hard to are say no. So nice, and all the places are so tempting, and yeah, it's really hard to say no. <laughs> I know I got into so many, too many yeses because I just did not plan, and uh, I don't know. Even few years in of traveling, like I'm still very excited, and I was very excited to to go to every place. And only later, you know, I had a few moments where I felt so burned out 
that I, I got scared. And that was the moment when I realized that, okay, this is not, uh, this is not compatible. Like this is not going to work because uh, yeah, you just sometimes, I don't know, like I, I wouldn't feel anything and you just go, go, go. And then at some moment you feel like you cannot do anything and being in a festival, like there's, I don't think you can be there halfway. Like you really have to be present and you always have to be with people and you're dancing and it's physical and you're traveling. So being in a festival and feeling like you just want to be in bed all the time, like that's, that's, you know, it doesn't work. So yeah, I think after a few exactly. moments like that. I think, also, I think also our position is similar because we travel from places that are, uh, you know, not so easy to commune so I think if you travel to Vilnius you always have to change is that correct yeah yeah it's always two flights if when we travel from Brno we always have to take about four or five hours before the flight just you know to go through all the buses and uh, trains and because we don't have an airport in our our city that would go, you know, so international. So we would have to travel to Prague or Vienna and it just gets uh, really tiring if you, you know, <laughs> basically you have to start the, the travel on Thursday night and you come back Monday night. And then what that you would have to go on Thursday night again. It's it's really hard. Like Definitely. And if, if you only do that, let's say, you know, without having local school or job of any other sorts I think that's possible but if there's something in between then yeah you don't have I think enough energy and uh, we we learned that because in Wada Jazz like all of us travel there were not I mean we grew our team eventually but yeah we were in the first year teaching locally and traveling and pretty soon we saw that <laughs> Yeah, it's not the most optimal balance because, yeah, you come back, you're dead. And that little dead part, you're like, okay, let's drag it to the studio and let's try to create magic. right? But then you have to be rested and inspired and, you know, just to create something nice for the community. So, yeah, that those changes started happening slowly. But I think uh, Corona kind of hit at the moment where we were really at the crossroad of trying to figure out like what's going to happen how are we going to combine the international teaching versus local schools and what do we really want to do and how do we want to have it and before we could answer that question really the the pandemic hit and we closed the studio and everything stopped <laughs> so <laughs> in a sense it's a good time to reflect on all of those things but This was always so fascinating for me. So many local teachers being international teachers is, um, yeah, I can imagine it. it's hard to find the balance. Yeah. So you said you miss live music. Um, mm -hmm. What is, apart from live music, what is the things that you really miss from the community or the traveling, the festivals? Well, the whole package, of course, but um, I I think it's the vibe. Of course, it's the people, but on the other hand, I am I'm pretty thankful to the the Corona times uh, for the you know for the opportunity to set a small bubble of people that you only meet with and work on relationships to deeper and not to, you know, just keep meeting people, people. So uh, I think, but I definitely miss the people, but I miss the vibe, our activities together, the brainstormings, the ideas, the uh, creating together. I think that's maybe, that's yeah. maybe the Yeah, the creating together, and um, and we had yeah we wanted to create so many things before it started. So I'm a little bit sad that we didn't you know we were taking this chance away, and I hope uh, it's gonna get better. But um, the transition to the new studio was uh, 
was quite interesting for us because and it's also quite funny because the, the project is connected to this old vintage building uh, that was empty for a long time and our friend got in charge of it and there are fascinating spaces within this building like it's in the center it's central it's it's a historical it's beautiful but it used to be an old insurance company and it's kind of a part of an of the hospital <laughs> you know it's oh, next wow. to the yeah. hospital and because uh, the insurance company uh, was closed during the communist times the hospital was taking charge of the house so they moved a lot of their stuffs and in some part of communist era they were even using some of the parts of it as the hospital so you can see hospital signs and so and <laughs> uh, it has a huge potential you have to be a visionary to see it but it has a huge potential but it is also very creepy right now <laughs> you know <laughs> so the summer ended we and we were like okay now it's time to create the magic in the space that needs a lot of magic like it needs a lot of love but then we had all face masks and you know we were passing through a corridor that was together with with the hospital a short one and we were trying to get rid of the hospital smell and <laughs> you know in the pandemics so this was like uh so crazy times <laughs> but um, one day I will, when we come back, I will make an honest guide, like a video, <laughs> uh, the yeah. honest tour of the place. But I think when we, you know, blow in uh, enough of love, enough of magic, it's going to be wonderful because we decided to not have only a dance school, but we opened also, or we got together with the musicians and they opened a music school as well. So now in the same studio, you can take uh, dance classes and music classes. Amazing. And uh, there is some more rooms that we would love to use as artistic ateliers in the future. So maybe some um, visual artists in our community will also have a, a space to create there. And we had like a vision of, you know, around swing and jazz, but um, much more wider creativity going on in there. Yeah. And if we make, if we make it happen, it's going to be wonderful. I'm really excited. I'm so excited. I really hope <laughs> to, to see it because it, it sounds ideal, like this matching of musicians and dancers and maybe other artists honestly like I think in the during the pandemic I've been thinking a lot about this concept of community in general because and that's one of the things that drove me to to keep the local studio is you can feel there's one community of like international community uh, but there's a very different thing of like a local thing where you see people you know every week and constantly And I think that for me, like the community is the future of anything getting better in the world in general, because I feel, you know, like if we're so individualistic on whatever we're doing and just thinking about like how we can be the best or we can reach our goals, it's just not compatible. Like, I don't think that works. And I see the community as like the ultimate way of doing things. And Lindy Hop community is a community I would, I want to be in and I want to, you know, kind of create that and be a part of it but at the same time it's something that just doesn't happen by itself I think you know just because we all dance Lindy Hop and we start local classes it's not necessarily going to create a community and I don't exactly know what creates the community but maybe you have some ideas of what things helped to really glue people together and stick around and invest their time and really get attached to something I think beyond the dance in a way oh that's a very good question <laughs> but I think I think uh it's the vision mm, I didn't know because I I never uh when we were starting swing wings I didn't have it written on the paper but 
somehow the inner feeling was following a vision. And when I was learning more about leadership and I had people who were giving me advices and so on, they were always like, it needs to be clear and written on the paper because the bigger the community is, everybody needs to be on the same boat, you know, on the same page. And um, I think because we all, you know, share, we set kind of some kind of values and we share it and we, we try to be transparent, we simply attract similar people. And then the people are there because they want to create these values and because they, they like it, you know, they like the whole concept. I think this is very powerful. And uh, it's not, we, sh- we also sh- should not take it for granted because there is some other amazing dance styles that would be very attractive to dance, but I don't think the community has a similar vibe everywhere, you know? Somehow the values in swing dance community are, I don't know how to, how to say it. Um, I think we all try to be better people and create a better world together as well. So it's not only about uh, the dance and the music, but it's also this thing, you know? <laughs> and um, uh, yeah, I think that what, that's also something that always motivated our team. And that's why we have so many volunteers because they just like creating this together. And uh, it was always the fuel. Uh, and our vision is community <laughs> at the first place, of course. And or if I can say the whole is we are building a community that gives uh, an open space for people to inspire, meet and learn from each other and enjoy together the joy of uh, just music and dances and its history. So this is our vision, but you can hear the, the communities on the first place and people simply, they feel it and they behave like this and they share it. So I, uh, yeah, I guess this is it. That is so beautiful. <laughs> like it's, I, I completely agree. Like this is it. I think any, any organization in general, but you know, any community is driving on, on vision something that they have to see a little bit beyond the, the nearest future. Yeah. Mm. How, how is it being a leader? Because I think you are a leader and you're leading a scene, you're leading a community. And it's, a, it's also a word that we hear a lot, I think, you know, in the, in the recent times, leadership and what it takes to be a leader, what kind of leader has to be. And how, how is that process for you? Like, Taking this role. I don't really like this word, honestly, <laughs> because when you say a leader, uh, it feels like someone on top or one step ahead or, you know, <laughs> um, sometimes I call myself being the glue. Nice. Uh, but I think my main responsibility is, is the vision. Everything else right now has been mostly delegated and I was really lucky with the team. And also um, being pregnant is a very good um, deadline (laughs) for delegating stuff. (laughs) Once you announce that you're pregnant, it's like, okay, we need to reset the, you know, the work and then divide it. And so in this moment, and since my first pregnancy, I think most of the, the executive work is delegated, but still, I feel very responsible for giving Swing Wings the vision or leading the vision. And um, yeah, so I'm, I'm constantly rethinking it and trying to find like what would be the, the new thing. Like, like something I said with uh, creating the space that could, you know, uh, give more, spa- more space for creativity of different kinds within the, the scenes. And then there is also some new things, for example, collective voices for change have inspired me a lot. Um, in a 
putting more values into the uh, the history of the dance, but not only, you know, also thinking of the minorities in our community. Because maybe similar to Vilnius, Brno is not so cosmopolitan. It is a kind of, it is a small Central European town. But so I cannot really talk about minorities in racial kind of way. But these conversations inspired me to ask, like, what are our minorities? How do they feel and how can we help them? So this was one of the main visions I wanted to work on if there was no pandemics. And I was thinking of minorities in age, in uh, people, for example, who have kids now and they just need completely different setup of <laughs> social dancing, social parties, dance studio. It was also one of the reasons why I wanted to move out from the old studio because it was not um, suitable for all the minorities that could, you know, be enjoying our activities. We needed something warmer uh, with less stairs <laughs> and, uh, you know, just a little bit more than, than, than it, there was in, in the old studio. But also, uh, maybe I want to share this. I had uh, in the summer camp when I had a, a talk and I shared with our community what the collective voices of change are doing and what they are talking about. And the vision that I would love to work a little bit more on our topics of minorities in our community and how to support them. I got reached um, by this girl, uh, a student of mine, and she had a really good question. She was like, hey, if you think of uh, minorities, have you ever thought about introverts and extroverts in our scene? And do you believe the events and the scene is built equally for both of these uh, characters? And and it, this was <laughs> this was so good. So it said uh, a completely new topic into the vision because I was like you know, we need to meet and we need to talk. She's a very strong introvert and I am extrovert uh, and I always have been. So always my vision and the kind of like how I want the events to be was always from the point of extrovert. And she gave me so many good tips how we can make it more comfortable for people who are introverts. And it means that they love to be around people but it's not giving them energy, it's drawing their energy out and they need to uh, get the energy back in a different way than the extroverts do, if you, if you know what I mean. So yeah. we were talking about how to add more chill zones in uh, all the events, how to give more quiet spaces, how to support deeper conversations, how to connect one-to-one -one people and not just, you know, focus on the community vibe. And uh, yeah, so this, uh, I hope we will be able to continue this topic also with this girl because she inspired me a lot. Yeah, uh, that's, <laughs> so, that's so true. I, I haven't thought of it from that angle specifically, but I do think that our community is really is a very varied community. So there is a lot of people who are way more introverted, but they love the dance and they love the, you know, to be a part of it. But I think, yeah, probably most of the festivals are way more of like that extroversion and uh, fostering, you know, like, ah, I'm happy now, we're gonna dance and shout together. And I do think that so many people are actually have felt quite lonely um, and uh, yeah just I, I guess even a little bit isolated in in big festivals especially because if you're not coming with a group of friends who know you and can support you because they know who you are and how you are and you're coming to a festival I think it can like you know in one way we're like oh it's amazing but it can also be a quite a difficult place to be so exactly 
but how how do you like how do you get that input do you just set meetings with like the whole community to get the feedback from people or how do they contact you it's, it's different conversations uh, i uh, usually i you know share some thoughts publicly like for example during this talk and this girl just had this idea and she was like I think this is connected to what she's talking about. And she asked people, find me if you have ideas. So she came. And I think she she did a big step outside of her comfort zone. So I'm very, very thankful that she did it. Um, very often, some the ideas come from the team. And uh, I wish I had more... Um, one-to-one meetings like with this girl student but now I'm not 100% uh, present in the scene of course because you know being a mom it has a yeah it gets a little bit more complicated but one of my goals is to be present as a listener for one-to-one listener for the people in future hopefully yeah yeah one of the main goals for myself <laughs> yeah before before dancing you came from a different uh, field of work yeah I studied uh, um, marketing communications which if I translate it it's uh, it was more um, it's more like a creative marketing instead of economy you know we were not the faculty faculty of economy we were uh in artistic faculty and we were the only not artistic area within that faculty and this uh, field was designed to take care of the artists <laughs> so um, we we learned a little bit of the graphic design a little bit of photography a little bit of strategies uh, yeah all these vision mission everything that was in school and I was really lucky to choose this field because then building swing wings was like a building a brand was something that I was learn I, I was learning you know five years in my at my university um was all about this about building a brand <laughs> right so it was fantastic to have something I could put in practice because otherwise this field is very difficult and very um, exhausting. Many of my friends from school went to creative marketing agencies and then were burned out. Yeah. Creating a brand, I think it's a very interesting topic because Swing Wings is a brand and um, and you've put so much work in putting that brand where I think it stands, uh, you know, on itself, however much or little people know about it, but there is a whole thing around it. However, I think as like, let's say international teachers, we're almost creating our own brands too, right? Oh, we do. Oh, we do. Of course. Of course yeah. we do. <laughs> and how how is your stance personally or from your experiences learning in this field? You know, people being brands versus, you know, studios or companies being brands. Uh, this is so interesting what you're saying. I, I, I recently thought about it. Uh, you know, you know, the moment when you can... Uh, you meet an old friend from high school or something and he's like oh wow you know you're this super successful dancer and you must be so amazing in your dancing that you travel around the world and you teach it is like you are probably the best dancer in you know <laughs> whatever <laughs> central europe and and then you're like oh, i at least in my case no but we international teachers in Lindy Hop uh, are built from much more than just our dancing skills. And we need to work on our social skills as well, on the teaching skills, the, um, the philosophy around our dancing and the way we talk. And it's just, it's, uh, it's such a complete package and everything is part of that brand. And Sometimes it doesn't make sense 
for some people because you because maybe they are fantastic dancers and uh, they see you know that it's not somehow happening for them still how come you know if they're so good and I can see dancers that are so much better and then when you talk to them they probably don't have that many gigs uh, and I think this is because um, yeah this is because it's just a full package <laughs> and uh, especially in, in my case or in, or in case of me and Peter I think our strongest uh, our biggest strengths as international teachers were never the dancing it was always more the social part and maybe the way we were teaching or or thinking about the dance and um, it was definitely what our brand is built on or was built on you know yeah <laughs> and I, then you have I, sorry you have few teachers that are a complete package of everything and <laughs> you know it's crazy but there are of course teachers like this yeah I I just think for me it's such a complex topic because I feel very double about this I I know that you know we we become brands, let's say in our case, but at the same time, I feel very uncomfortable with a lot of promotion. So for example, like I, I, I'm so much better with promoting anything that has to do with a idea or the project or the studio or something that is not so personally me. I have no problem. I can talk about it. I can brag about it. I can post videos on social media, whatever. But when it comes to promoting myself I don't know like I always feel very fake and uh and you know I then I think that oh should I do it more or less should I make it more of a brand but then it's so foreign you know so I'm always like this on these swings between what it means to to represent yourself let's say as an artist or as a teacher in the community mm-hmm so, and I, I haven't found really the, the perfect balance. And also, let's say pandemic switched these things again, because I would question these things less when we could travel to places because, you know, you're there, you're doing and you build the connections and you you work because of this package of things. But then when you don't, the question is like, okay, should I push for some online presence? And I don't really feel comfortable doing too much of that if it's not really coming from the most, you know, kind of sincere place that I, I just really want to do like a workshop or something, you know? Yes, I I completely understand. And, you know, all these self-promoting, all the, the self-promotion that is happening mm, makes me a little bit sad for the people because I know that everybody hates it. They all hate it. <laughs> there is, I'm sure I'm sure there is there is no one who is like oh this is the best time of my life you know I can finally <laughs> promote myself and teaching online and um yes uh and then the question is if you really need it and if we don't then we are so lucky because there is people who just live from the online classes and they have to do the promotion and there are people that are really good at it of course but it's a little bit different you know now although um besides the the, the self-promoting pressure that they have to do i think there or i can see couples and dancers who are really um gaining from the pandemics because they have no other ch- or they had no other choice than closing themselves in the apartments and uh in the or in, in the studios if if they had and especially if they live together they keep training so much and not being distracted by traveling and they just focus focus on their dancing and on the material to put into their patreon and so on and you see them it's like watching ilhc was like damn these guys (laughs) been training for a year you know intensively it's fascinating what's happening and then suddenly all your bread recipes don't mean a thing (laughs) (laughs) exactly but also 
uh, I think now they have to do a little bit of like pressured self-promotion, but once it's over, they won't need it anymore. Mm. You know, because they kept working, they kept training and they will be, they will be just killing it and they will be uh, wonderful. I mean, the whole, the whole package we are talking about will still be very important, but we will kind of like start from the zero, you know, and those who've been working hard have, I think, one step forward. Uh, but it's, it's great for them. Uh, I'm not, it, it's not my case. Huh? I, you know, I, I made some babies <laughs> and some nice recipes and, uh, uh, but it's okay. I'm, I'm completely comfortable with this. <laughs> Talking about that. I'm just so very curious. How was that transition on becoming a mom? And uh, yeah, that, that already happened before the pandemic. So I think, you know, you got some time traveling as well. And last time we've met, you traveled with the whole family to a festival. How, yeah. how was it? Like for me, it's unimaginable and I'm very curious. It's a, a huge cocktail of everything. Um, the first thing is uh, you and yourself as a dancer because your body changes so much within such a short time. One thing is the, the pregnancy, but you know, the pregnancy until some moment uh, is kind of cute. And then when the moment passes, you usually don't go out among people. You are more like <laughs> at home watching Netflix. Uh, but then, then, you know, then the pregnancy is gone and you're, and we tend to expect from ourselves, uh, sometimes we fresh moms, to be uh, the same as we were before, you know, to look the same, to dance the same. And suddenly it's totally different because I was like, how the hell will get my, you know, feeling well in my own body again? It's like, I cannot dance as a, as I used to dance, like, Uh, with self-confidence and with you know when I just don't feel being this being my body you know it was and and even even though I lost the baby weight quite quickly it was not about it it was about the other changes you know your chest gets wider because of having the baby and takes a long time before it comes back and and the, the whole proportion and so uh dealing with this and my self-confidence how uh, i think was one <laughs> big task uh because it influences your dancing a lot yeah you know how yeah. you feel with your body the way you dance it's it's kind of yeah it's kind of really connected and then of course you get busy with the baby and you don't have that much time to train or uh, and the traveling itself, oof, you know, <laughs> it's intense. <laughs> it is intense, but it also uh, is possible. And I think all the all the women who who like traveling and not, doesn't don't have to be teacher, they should know that it is possible to uh, travel with the baby and to just take the baby everywhere you need it. And when it's old enough, you can you know, leave it at home with the husband, with your husband and just go by yourself. And it doesn't take so much time. If, if there was no pandemics and I would be, and I would want to go to festival now, I would go just by myself, you know, uh, it's not such a long time. It's maybe one year, even less. And, you know, one year in Lindy Hop scene is nothing how many people we consider being our really good friends and we haven't seen them for one year. It's, it's from Lindy Shock to Lindy Shock. It's nothing. <laughs> so just, you know, have your baby in between Lindy Shocks and you're fine. <laughs> amazing, amazing. Uh, yes, now having a two, uh, we will see. I don't know. Um, yeah, it's going to be the same struggle. And then then it also um, it's also question 
what do you want when you have a family? Do you want to be abroad so much? Do you want to be on spotlight so much? Maybe your values change. And But if you still want it, I believe it's possible. Uh, look at Frida. <laughs> uh, her like a mom of three and her last choreography with Zacharias it's like she's on fire there <laughs> thank god we have Frida to look upon yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah wow thank you so much for like such a honest and uh, inspiring interview like you just uh, I think you you said a few things that really you know, soothed my heart a little bit and reminded me of very beautiful things that I think it's so important to keep them in mind, to keep going. So thank you for that. Oh, and thank you so much. You know, the the, the message where you told me that you want to make a podcast with me was, it, it gave me a good kick as well. Because I, I recorded a few podcasts myself, but uh, I had a long break and now I'm like, yeah, I want to do another episode. <laughs> totally. And yeah, because it's it's really nice. So I thank you as well for oh giving me this gig and uh, keep going because I think it's a wonderful idea. And uh, I'm very excited to hear more episodes from you. Thank you. Bye. Thank you for tuning in to What A Jazz Podcast. I'm your host, Elza Vishnevskita. Big shout out to Dimitri Papa, who created the soundtrack, and Luna Vilnishkita for the design. Share, comment, and send us your questions about the episode. You can follow What A Jazz Dance Studio on Facebook for more updates. Take care, until next time. Thank you.